All right, clap sync, three, two, one. What the Are hell just happened? Here? Hello. Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> hello. I only heard my hello? own clap. I only heard I my own clap, too. I only heard my own clap. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Did Discord just drop for all of us at the same time? At the exact same moment? <laughs> no. That seems unheard of. Otherwise, it was perfectly timed, but in some nightmare. Is that even possible? No. That might not be possible. Should, not we, possible. should we stop and restart? Wait, wait, wait. Let's Do have... we all have noise suppression turned on? No. On Discord? No, no, no I mean, no, I don't no, think no. I had it on, but it is on right now. <clears throat> So I'm wondering oh. if it turned itself on. It's like next to the voice connected. Holy though. shit. Is on oh, lit up or not? It's on. on. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I guess they on. must have made it default. Oh, these sons of oh bitches. God. Did it all right. mute? I'm How dare this. you? I'm oh stopping this. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't stop. <laughs> no, this is so <laughs> genius. It's such a great start. We can fucking shit what on the Discord. Fuck? fuck that. How could they no. do what that? The fuck? Wait, but can we, can we turn it off and not have it fuck up Craig? I, I I think so. So like I'm gonna clap now and hopefully you'll hear it. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay. Perfect. We're oh back my in business. God. So should okay, we restart? So do we? <laughs> I do think we, we I think we should leave that in, but we should just we'll do, do another, another clap, clap sync. Okay. Yeah. Everybody have okay. it turned off now. All right. <laughs> That's <sync>. fucking horrifying. <laughs> All right. Clap sync. Three, two, one. Okay, that sounded so much better. Wow, what the f? Shout out Discord for fucking us over big time. I think too, just like the amount of stunned silence that there was after the clap. I think everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Also, on the other side of that, shout out to Discord for totally reasonable for making it default on. Like, but it should have had like a a call out, like a toast thing, being like, "Hey, we've turned this on." Yeah, and like shout out to Discord for apparently that working so well that it just I mean, literally yeah. sent us into a fucking spiral. <laughs> but on the other yeah. hand, yeah, communication is key. We were actually we were just talking about that before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because we've reached that that season of all of our lives where we just talk about communication constantly and mm-hmm. about how we should be communicating more mm-hmm. and how there's value <laughs> of communication. And the first thing we're going to communicate about today is journey. A wonderful, wonderful. I'm just like, let's get into it, you guys. This game <laughs> was on our list for a long time. Was one of those games that I think we'd all heard was really good. And you know, if you like watch the trailer or whatever, some people are like saying, you know, from some old school publications because it's a pretty old game. I think it was like PlayStation Three, you know, something like that. I know Flower was PlayStation Three, so it was in that era, and it's from that same company. Um, but like a lot of people had heard, it was really good. And I at least believed them, but I also feared a bit that this was a game that maybe, I don't know if it's going to hold up the same way. You know, it was on the the early PlayStation Store experience-ish, where, you know, they were trying to make cool indie games on a, on a console. That was like a new thing. Um, and so we got a chance to play it now on PC. And I mean, I was not disappointed and I did not, I felt like it hold up perfectly. But what, what do you guys think? Did anyone have any fears that this was not going to be as good as everyone said everywhere or or what? I mean, I just didn't really know what to expect, mainly because I, I played their first game. Well, played is, I guess, like in rough quotations, but their, their prior game, Flower, mm-hmm. I actually played that in an art museum during like a... Um, 
like video games as art exhibit at my local uh, art museum and flower was one of the games so I sat there and there was no one else in the museum so I was able to take up the console for like 30 minutes just playing flower which is basically where you're just wind and you go around just like floating up petals and everything and it's just like this beautiful kind of I don't know. It's it's just like this whole thing. It's all a game all about just feeling and everything. And so like mm-hmm. the journey though, I played it very briefly senior year in college. Had somewhat of a bad experience with it. However, it's not because of the game. It was because of the environment I was surrounded in. We'll leave it at that. Mm, you were at another gallery so I was like <laughs> you just you apparently just played these games to strange places. Okay, noted. Noted. Right, I think I only played, in my head, I was playing Journey for like an hour, but playing the game again this time around, I realized I probably didn't make it like more than 10 minutes into the game before I like yeah, stopped playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know, I was just kind of, because that was my thoughts about the game, I always just thought the game might have not been interesting enough. But, like, I hear so many things about it. And so I definitely wanted to give it a chance again. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is why environments like the podcast are so great for this. Because then you are able to go back, kind of force yourself to get into these games that you maybe put down for one reason or another. And I'm really glad I did. It was an awesome experience. And then also you get to have the added experience. Because the podcast is, you're right, it's a great experience or style or format for that sort of thing. Another great experience for that is your house. <laughs> right? Exactly. I was alone. I was, yeah, not sharing a, I was not sharing a beanbag chair with somebody who was uncomfortably close to me at the time. <laughs> I was in my mm-hmm. own desk chair. It was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine just being like, for old time's sake, I'm getting out of being back chair. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm just like, I'm just like coming back to this a little bit. You know, obviously. That I, I called down to Brandon. I'm like, hey, Brandon, do you think you could just like come in and just like sit just a little too close for me? Like just aggressively like, yeah. in my space. Hey, actually, I have these like, don't worry about how I got this, but it's just like a set of clothes that I think you can put on. <laughs> Anyways, so, all right, that's fair. Uh moving around a little bit and i do think at some point i'd like to get back to the comparisons of flower because uh, there are actually a lot of comparison points that we could go through but mm-hmm. i'm just curious other people here being that james first and Raphael second like what were your expectations going into a game like this um i i don't know i had i had high expectations um i've never i'd never played it before um i've seen like at least still images um, and some amount of description of the game, but not a significant amount. Um, And I basically, I knew that it was a really cool evocative experience, which um, spoilers, this is a spoiler episode, like all of our episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you haven't played the game yet, go do it. And come back. Uh, not that long, trust. It won't. It's like it two won't hours. take very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's great. Um, I knew that there was um some amount of like multiplayer involved, and that it was a surprise to a lot of people that it was multiplayer. 
And I think that that was like kind of a shock to people that the tech was available to do that um, mm. when it first came out. Um, I remember that kind of line. So I was, I was definitely like expecting a cool, evocative, beautiful experience. And that's what I got. So I don't know. Like expectations matched. Hmm. It seems like no one else was like nervous that this was going to be some simplified thing from back in the day. I kind of was, to be honest, especially because you guys, I've played hmm. Flower relatively, relatively recently. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I played it back. At I've the never played it Flower. Out. Have you, sorry, say it again. You played Flower? Never played it. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly really seriously would, like, would not really recommend it. It's all right. Um, it's pretty and stuff. It was about the 6-axis, which is the part of the PlayStation 3 specific controller that has uh, tilt functionality in, in all different directions. So you could like hold the controller and you could like move it left and you'd turn left. And you could like move it right and you could turn right. Not move it, but you know, tilt it. Um, so it was like a big like 6-axis tech demo. Six axis, notably, being the thing that they removed the next generation because nobody used it and nobody liked it. Um, so this was a nice tech demo for it, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Um, and, it, and the comparison point... And Nintendo point, doubled down. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, like, but fair play, though, because, like, you know, like, PlayStation was like, we're revolutionizing this by adding, like, a small bit of tilt. And then Nintendo was like, you did not even go 1% of the distance you'd need to make this actually interesting. Um, yeah, but, like, Nintendo took three consoles to get it okay yeah but they nailed the fucking Wii so hard it like, it like dude the Wii's tracking was not even that good but they just like nailed it enough to like to make it work mm-hmm. but but yeah the thing with flower though i would say at least is like it's cool like i'm not trying to like attack it or anything it just like it had a lot of these ideas and flower was a great prototype for this game. There's a lot of similarities. Like the first thing with flower is like, you're up a pedal that's like flying in the wind. And then you in sort of almost a Katamari way, like get other pedals that you can like collect. And then they follow you in a trail. In other words, your scarf gets longer. You know what I'm saying? And it pillows in the wind. Um, and there's all these like wind effects uh, and stuff like that. And then you sort of bring, like sort of lightness and positivity to the dark. There's like an evil infestation on the town and like it's maybe it's, I don't know what it is back in the, I honestly forget is it technology or is it just infrastructure in general? But but yeah, and so like there's a lot of that stuff going on. And so you, I came to this game and I was like, oh my God, I'm like immediately at home in this flower, except, except like if that game was beautiful, this game... <laughs> is out of control like yeah right i mean i would think so i i was also just kind of gonna slightly bring it back because as our resident plays every single game <laughs> expert Raphael, you've, you've probably played this before right uh so this is one i actually hadn't played um Whoa. mainly because of the playstation exclusivity that ah. it recently lost uh so i never had any game consoles growing up so most of the console games I played uh, were like at a friend's house, and I just I don't think I had any friends with PlayStation somehow, mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't really get to play any PlayStation games. Does this I... actually mean that you have a list still 
like if I said things to you like yeah, God of absolutely. War. Uh, God of War is not so much on my list. Maybe I should. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Horizon Zero I've Dawn played... is definitely Ooh, on my yeah. list. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but yeah, I mean to bring it back to your question earlier, like what my what were my expectations? Um, so I remember reading like a review of the game in 2012, I think, like when it came out. Um. And uh, so I knew about like the multiplayer mechanic where like people would randomly drop into your game and you'd cooperate. And then uh, I think the extent I knew about it is you only had one button to interact with them, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which was the the chime. Uh, that being said, I didn't really know what else to make of it. I knew it was supposed to be like kind of scenic and like passive, I guess. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. They know how to put it. Um, as for whether I thought I would love it or not, like I didn't really know. Like, I I had played Flower actually, uh, and I I guess I <laughs> I had a similar reaction to McCoy. I think mm-hmm. it didn't seem that great, um, but it was fine. It was like relaxing. Yeah, I feel like Flower, I think the like the description of Flower as kind of like a tech demo is a good one. Like that's what my impression of it was. Like, oh, this is like a cool thing, but it's not like a full game. I don't know. It's I guess it is technically a full game, but like I don't think I've never played it to the end. And I think it like it's it's a tech demo of like what they were working on. You can see a lot of that come out in Journey, but like Journey is an actual full realized game to me. What's amazing is like lengthwise and maybe even to some degree gameplay-wise, they're really, really similar, and yet Journey just comes out, it feels like a hundred miles ahead. Yeah. Despite how similar they really are. Yeah. Yeah, which is one of those things where I I love the idea and the narrative that they made Flower and then learned from that and just made Flower again but better here. Like, it feels like Mm -hmm. that, and they fucking rocked it. I think Flower is actually significantly longer. Wow. That's wild. Uh, I apparently have played 5.3 hours of it, and I don't think I finished it. Wow. Is that true? So it's possible I left it on in the background for an hour or something. 5.2 hours? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. it it feels like I played it longer (laughs) than I played Journey. Yeah, Yeah. it it felt like, uh, I don't know where their ideas came from for this game but I will speculate because that's what I do. Um, and it's like, uh, Flower had such amazing grass physics and like wind mm-hmm. physics and like sort of like petals caught in the wind. And they were kind of like, how do we use this stuff again? Like what's other things we could do? Like, I guess we haven't done sand. And like, oh, we could still use the the like air physics, you know, to like go for like get other fabric and stuff or whatever. And so it just feels so similar. Like it feels like literally built off the same technology, the same ideas. And yet, like, like it just it just lands so so hard. Like, I really feel like they're like, okay, we made our tech, like, we tried it out, we made a tech demo, let's make a game now. But like, yeah. I don't know, that's my sense of it. Cause yeah, like, let's actually make a protagonist this time that the player yeah. controls, as opposed to you know an invisible like you, the player being the sole like protagonist of Flower. Yeah, which is and what it, that felt like. It doesn't have like a story story. 
But it has, like, something. It has a story. I think it has a story. In which journey? maybe, yeah, in Journey. Like, maybe mm-hmm. Flower does too, but I don't really, I think. So they both have, like, they both have, like, they evoke not just a story, but, like, almost, like, the stories of humanity, right? Like, of, like, like it's good, and then there's, like, a, a downtrodden part in the middle where things look bad, and then you, you overcome, mm-hmm. and then, you know, et cetera. It's, like, almost, like, I don't know if they call it a hero's journey. I'm not really, like, all in the, the story archetypes, but You're it feels great. like. Nice. <laughs> um, but it feels like such a, like, a human story, this one. Like, and I would say both of them do. And it's like it's like they're they're vague enough that you you understand the character a bit, but it's more about like what is the character experiencing, and you sort of look at that in your own life, mm-hmm. like because you don't know this. Like it's not like there's words exchanged, you know. It's not like they said things. It's not like the 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 white robed version of you that you see in the sort of like dream sequences or whatever is just like, hey man, so here's your quest, and you have to like a through a bunch of dialogue, like, all right, so now you're gonna go to this place and do this, and then I'm gonna need you to jump on this and then get these rugs, and like that that's not what happens. You just have to like feel the the journey that they have to go on, and for that matter, they show you this wonderful like art of it. I don't know what the description of that style of art is, but it feels very old school tapestry. Mm-hmm. It's like a tapestry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like almost like hier- it's not hieroglyphics, but it like has a similar it's like a very it's a stylized art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and in ways like I can see how games after Journey have kind of built off of what I, I don't I don't I wouldn't say yes. I actually don't know because I haven't done research, but like I don't know if Journey was the first game of its kind to do this probably not i'm sure there's influences that journey took on as well but like one game that really came to mind that i could see as being a game that really took journey as an influence in terms of its storytelling not through words but by music by feeling uh was gree absolutely um yeah mccoy kept bringing gree up yeah, Gree, Gree was also a game that that game had zero dialogue, yet you knew about the the player character's uh, journey and what their motivations were and what their goals and hopes and dreams were and when they were struggling. Right. Um, and it's done in such a short and concise way in Journey, but it's still so effective. Yeah. Like, you still... I don't know. I I think the little, it's not really a sprite, but your little character in Mm -hmm. Journey is the most like simplistic yet adorable thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) With just flying around everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I I just wanted to say like, I could totally see the influences that Gree probably had from a game like Journey because of that. But there's like more than that. Like the comparisons to Gree like is so intense because like, Gree also has the same sing button where you interact mm-hmm. the world via that one button that like has this like AOE effect around you that like positive like brings light. So does Transistor. Oh yeah. No, yeah, that is true. Though Transistor was more, I guess, as flavor text to the world as opposed to being an actual mechanic to like make the world around you come alive as much as Journey and Gree did, I think. That's true, yeah. But yeah, like all similar roots potentially. But yeah, like, dude, they literally have the same sing button. Like, do you remember when you're trying to sing in Gree and you don't have your voice yet? You make that just unbelievable noise. Like, like if 
it feels like we literally live in a world where not only do we get to have Journey, which was amazing, but we also get to have Gree directly as a result. So like if Journey isn't made, Gree isn't made, I think. Because of just, it's the same style. Like it's the same style in everything. Like it's like art first, like like evoking Journey, not the game, but the hero's journey, like evoking that narrative. And then it's also like the stark colors, the way that like they like show color for each world or section or whatever and even some of the like just like music yeah i think is a big exactly. one yeah the, the music and journey i mean obviously i never played journey in full length before but journey's always on my workstation yeah mm -hmm. playlists as just being this nice like little like meditative background music um it's, yeah it although... so cool to watch that come to life while playing the game Except. Yeah. Well, so I've also listened to the Journey soundtrack quite a bit I, for a similar reason. I really like it. But then um, Journey is one of the ones where like I'll be I'll put it on the soundtrack and I'll be like doing stuff around the house or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, why am I so anxious right now? Like so <laughs> yeah. anxious and yeah. tense. And I'll like check myself and be like, oh, my God, it's the music. And there's a couple there's like one or two like very distinctive sections of Journey that now having played them too, like that is some of the most like intensely anxiety ridden music I've ever experienced in a game and like playing it with the game, it t makes total sense and it fits great. But um, I like, I, I remembered that experience from just being like, what is happening to my body right now? And definitely like playing the game through the music really works in those tense moments. Yeah. It's like they, mm -hmm. they have their anxious music. Mm -hmm. That's part of the soundtrack. I'm saying you would it's hear hard it hitting is my mix. point of yeah, like, totally. it really does, at least for me, like really does make me feel anxious and tense. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny to not have played the game and just be like, what the fuck? Where did this game go? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, but it's like, it's a game I had always wanted to play. I think I'm assuming that I had heard about Talked Out on Giant Bomb at some point. Yeah. Um, it was like always on my list of like a game to play. Um, so I'd listen to the soundtrack and just never gotten around to actually playing it until now. That's right. And it's it's honestly a strange game to talk about because it feels like it's um it operates on like an under underlying level in my body at least. Like when I was playing it, like yes, I was enjoying flying around or whatever, but it's really more about like like we were talking about like evoking sort of concepts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And like when they show you the tapestry or whatever we were calling it, right? When they show you that section, first of all, okay, I know this is like a tired point at this point, but like was anyone, did anyone get the gold rare drop or did it, or was everyone in the silver territory? Like, do you know what I'm saying? There were no like item bullshit. There was none of that stuff. And I, the, the reason why I'm thinking about that is because when they showed you the story in the tapestry, I was like thinking like, they're giving me a lot of story for every time I solve a puzzle. It feels like they could really sell this to me in smaller pieces. Um, like maybe I could get like a battle pass to like multiply maybe my progression <laughs> through. Like it just felt so delightful to see like more than 15 seconds of things actually unlocking when you complete a puzzle. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It was just such a, it's just such a distinctly different experience than, than I feel like most of the things I end up playing these days. So it was just like really, really notable for that. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like, it. I, I felt like when things were lighting up on that on that uh, painting or whatever, I was like, aren't I supposed to light up like one eighteenth of this or something? Cause there's 18 puzzles and then I'm slowly gonna like find my way up this tree. But no, it was just like, 
it wanted to show you the story of what your character was going through. And when you really see like some of like, for instance, like all the characters like that look like you, but they're all turned over and they're in the field and you like can feel maybe that they, there was a battle here that there was many lost and like that sort of stuff. It was just so much more powerful than, than I initially thought it was just going to be if things were just going to like light up to show me my progression or whatever. It was really trying to do stuff from there. And it mm -hmm. definitely did. I almost think they, in my opinion, I feel like they did a sort of fake out sort of scenario at the beginning that made it seem like it was going to be like a progression arena. Just because like, at, I don't know if you guys like recall this, but at like the very beginning, like after you kind of travel through the desert a bit and you come across your first like big statue and I think you, you meditate at the first thing and get your first cut scene. Like there's like five towers around you with the like gates in front of them mm -hmm. yeah. and you go through the first one. So I thought that it was going to be kind of like what actually Gree does where it's like, oh, sure. you go through one tower, you complete the world in there and then you always come back to that one focal point and then you'll go in through temple number two. It's like a hub world three. type. Totally. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's what I thought it was going to be like. So as like the first hub world I went into just kept on going and going and then suddenly we're playing a fucking horror game with a stealth <laughs> sequence. And I'm like, yep. whoa, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, I got kind of spoiled by that because I saw that Zoe got a steam achievement for getting through the underground without ripping uh oh ripping scarf. the scarf oh wow <laughs> one congratulations mm -hmm. two james i'm and so I glad was you like, got spoiled because i was like oh shit yeah <laughs> the underground. I, I, I think the first thing that happened like that first encounter you have with the scary guys where they like they, they jump it's like a jump it's a jump scare I yeah. think, in mm -hmm. my opinion, that was a jump scare. And I was like, oh, poor oh, James. I was James, like, oh, James, James should have a <laughs> thoughts rating. and prayers, my friends. <laughs> he should have an official stamp of like, does this game have James level jump scares? Yes or no. And just put that thing on every game I've ever played. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you could be the arbiter of this, man. <laughs> like you have a natural gift. It's called being scared the shit out of. Um, yeah. I mean, I was scared. Um, I didn't like it. I felt the jump scare was really out of place, though, actually. Mm. Like it didn't feel like it fit with the other tones of the game but it is such again, a serene game yeah then again i feel like i didn't get as much of a reaction as it sounds like you guys did from this game mm -hmm. uh, i didn't get i didn't get really scared by it maybe i was just like focusing on my my bro mm -hmm. your um, sick movement <laughs> no like my my buddy hmm I, th I feel like I was focusing oh, you're a on my multiplayer? buddy. Oh, did you have a yeah. multiplayer friend then? Yeah, I had a multiplayer friend the whole game. Oh, wow. wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, oh, James, there's I, a um, moment I want to talk to you about except, at the end then, at some point. Except the one part where you're climbing the Tower of Light. Um, and I... Uh, my... I ripped my scarf a few times, guys. It was <laughs> it was a struggle, um, <clears throat> and I did jump every time it happened. Um, but uh, I I couldn't do big enough jumps to do the the puzzle at well jump from platform to platform as quickly as mm -hmm. the other guy, and I I made a few false starts 
and the other guy was like, all right, fuck this kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you were just like, after all we've been through. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, we did our best in the underground and you're just going to leave me? He's like, that thing only attacks the slowest scarf creature. (laughs) He's like, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave you. But once I completed that, I got another friend. A different friend? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you mean... I only got one friend in my entire playthrough. Ah. Huh. Was it... Uh, and it was it was after that segment, I think. Okay. Oh. Uh, so it was... They followed me for, the, for like, most of the snowy mountain part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then towards the end of that, they went and sat down somewhere and disconnected, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I will say as we're exchanging stories about our multiplayer friends and if they came in and all that, one of the saddest things I have ever heard is actually on, it was on the giant bombcast when they were talking about this game. I don't think this was the episode you heard. I think this was a more traditional uh, game during the year, but they were talking about journey and they were just talking about the nature of what it is like to be a games reviewer professionally. Do you know what I mean? Like we are hobbyists at best, right? Like we get, but there's advantages and disadvantages to that. Disadvantages, we don't get paid. Okay. That's the huge disadvantage, right? <laughs> Advantage though. Hit us up so, if you want to pay us. Yeah. Hit us up. <laughs> hit us up <laughs> if you want to give us the best of all worlds. Yeah. Uh, tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com. At Venmo.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, but, so the, the saddest thing that dot was. Dot OF. <laughs> Not clear. Okay, um, moving on. Steady. Uh, the saddest thing ever was I was talking about the realities of what it's like to be a games reviewer. And, he's, and he was talking about, like, he wasn't talking about it as in, like, these are the sad realities of being a game reviewer. He was just literally saying this was his opinion on Journey. And he was saying, like, Journey seemed really cool. And I did have, like, an experience with, like, a multiplayer friend. But problem was, right, like, I had just completed, like, one puzzle. And I had to, like, put Journey down. And I had to, like, you know, go do some of the shit and take a meeting or whatever. So and I came back and he wasn't there. And it's just, like think about how awful a scenario to play journey that is between two meetings where you have to stop right in the middle as you're having this like spiritual moment with another multiplayer person <laughs> like that is something that at least i think well i did not have to put on myself and chose not to put on myself mm-hmm. like i played this game prime time you know mm-hmm. during the night or in the morning like just like beautiful times where you yourself are not really like weighed down by anything else but it's just like it's just it's just sad to think about. It. So it's sad to think about like someone would be like, God, I was having this wonderful experience journey, but then I had to put it down and I just it wasn't the same when I turned it back on or whatever. It's just like, oh, that is sad. Um, let's see, our experience around that, or do do you want to do you want to talk about when we when we found someone? Because we initially did not I did not actually know that there was multiplayer. I think I had heard around it. I think if you really probed me. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. And I think it's like it's the cats out of the bag situation for a lot of people, Uh, you know, like they've heard about that particular portion of it being like really cool or whatever. But for me, I was like, I hadn't really like dug that detail up. So I was like looking around and I saw, you know, the carpets and stuff and they're flying around and they seem to have AI or whatever. And everything felt like it had AI. And then there was like another person that was like me and I wasn't sure if it was a person or if it wasn't a person. And then I saw them like miss a jump and then kind of get really frustrated down at the bottom I was like, wait a minute. And then I was like, wait, come over here. And I was like signaling like, hey, do you want to do it this way? And they were like, okay. And then they started following me. And I was like, holy shit, you're a real person. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy. It was fun. It was fun um, to like try to manage. Because the thing is when you are with the uh, your your ally, which 
in this game, you have no choice as to whether they join or don't join. They just appear. I mean, maybe there's a setting somewhere you can turn it off. I don't know. But the point is, if you're just playing it normally, like they will just come into your world and you'll just see a little bit of um, like, you know, light or something, some indicator on your screen, just like a subtle thing on the edge of your screen pointing to where they are. And so it's like an indicator. And I noticed that and I was like, oh, weird. There's something over here they want me to care about. And so I went over there and found it's this person, right? The other thing is that you have a a jump meter, I guess, or a fly meter, maybe, and it's how long your scarf is. And so it's how long your scarf is like your maximum bar of how long you can fly or jump. And then the more you like get these things in the world, they can get longer. And also like you have to recharge it at spots. You can use it up and then it doesn't just automatically come back. But anyways, when you're with your ally and you stand next to each other, you can charge each other. You are both warm. So you can keep each other warm in a way if you huddle your bodies next to each other. And this is really important, not important, but really awesome in the section where you're in the snow, where your your power is just depleting on its own. So it's like I was trying to stick with and almost hug this person going up the mountain to give us this energy to like fly so we could get over certain hurdles fast. Um, and it was cool to try to manage that with someone else and try to communicate that via just the the sort of sing button. Like trying to indicate to them like, hey, I think we can go from this tombstone to the next like tombstone, but we have to wait for them to come through. And like watching them run out there a little too early and me just like singing a bunch, like you're fucking lunatic, like <laughs> you're never gonna make it, get back. Um, yeah, and like try, it was, I don't know, I thought it was a really like cool experience to try to coordinate with someone that way. I did actually end up essentially convincing that person to take the the obstacle course at the cadence that I thought we should. And we ended up like doing really well together. Um, and like there was one time where I was behind a cycle because it was like where the wind was pushing me and I like didn't quite make it to the time. And then he waited for me. They waited for me, I guess. They waited for me. And then it was a point where I was a cycle ahead and I waited for them. And we just sort of like kept it in lockstep as best we could. And it was it was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I I was also in the same camp where I didn't know about the multiplayer at all. Um, I... Like, in hindsight, I realized that I saw a Reddit thread in the past of mm -hmm. somebody being like, oh, my son just completed his first journey game with this person. And, I, like, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, unfortunately, like, when I was playing, my multiplayer person came in when I was, like, already in, like, the vast desert. And by the time I realized, like, I thought it was the game doing, like, a kind of, like, mirror mimic thing like i thought it was a mirror mm -hmm. mimic puzzle mm -hmm. at first of like ah i need to <laughs> control my clone and then the person like we kind of hung out for a bit and i was like oh this actually seems like an actual real life person and then they just flew away and i guess they went too far off because i was also trying to collect as many of the white light things as possible Mm -hmm. So yeah. like I would so just kind of be the puzzles, what happened? <laughs> right, and so they they were just kind of went on ahead, and I guess if you get within a certain radius, you disconnect. So that was like the only time I really saw them. Uh, mm. But one thing I just think is really cool with that multiplayer kind of aspect to it is that it's it's very it's it's canon to the story of like you know you are these pilgrims going on a journey up to up the mountain and everything and with each summit, you know, you're like, I think if you play it a second time, your robe turns white the next time you play. Oh, that's and cool. so you do huh. have like an opportunity hmm. then like a, a red robed person can encounter a white robed person. 
and yeah. usually that's cool mm-hmm. at least what i've read on the wiki i guess this is the only thing but like usually if you see a white robed player in journey that's somebody who's purely there to just help the red cloaked people up the mountain with full understanding that a red cloaked person could be a seasoned gamer or could literally be a five-year-old playing their first game ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just think that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful yes. concept of just, you know, like kind of earning your stripes and then using your wisdom and power to guide other players up the mm-hmm. mountain. Yeah. It's just such a, a beautiful story. thing. Yeah. That's such a human story. And this is, I get so much flack for this, but this is why I talk to 12 year olds in video games that I play <laughs> is because I feel a responsibility to you like have, shepherd these people. Robe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because they're sitting there and they, like every time you play Valorant, you just like get a white bathrobe out. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, 12 year olds. Let me tell you, I feel like talking game. to 12 year olds in a white bathrobe is the wrong. I do play standing in just the most uncomfortable posture. I'm getting you a robe. No, but what I mean is, like, I do think there is something within, like, I I don't know if you guys feel this, but as as someone who has definitely taken time to try to build a mastery in certain areas of my life, like, and that's why people can obviously make fun of me for being just literally beyond, like, negative knowledge in a certain area. It's like, because I spent my time Mm -hmm. sharpening my blade over here. Um... But like I, I do feel the responsibility to 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 guide others up the mountain, and I think it's something that is uh, something that can you not only like make them better, but also it generates positive value inside of you. You feel like you are helping something larger than you, um, and I see it a lot in esports too, and I follow that a lot, where it's like. Are old esports players willing to like teach the younger ones that will be the next generation? Are they willing to help build them on top of their own success so that this person will be better than them in every way if they do it right? Mm-hmm. And will will surpass them and will replace them on teams. But are they willing to do that for the sake of like humanity and for the game and for for all that? And so I just think I think that that story's in here. Yeah. I mean I think what Journey is doing is a pretty mild version of that. Of course. Like, it, I mean, it's not like we're training, like, mechanical masters of Journey to, like, I don't know. You need to air dodge right here. Yeah. And then, okay, you can skip all three of these, like, you know, if you just do this. No, no, yeah, true, true. But well, yeah. it's also, like, not the mountain. The mountain is also not that hard, really, to get over either. But it's it's, it's all evoking at these concepts. Yeah, I didn't place, but it seemed to me that the, that the difficulty level of this game is low. It's certainly designed so that anybody can finish it. Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like... Yeah, so I didn't mean that to be in a bad way. Oh, totally. I was thinking I think that's a nice part of this game is that it's extremely approachable and didn't appear to actually... Even though there were puzzles and challenges, they all... there's, And, like, even in the section where you're going through and you're being chased by those... Or not chased, you're being... You're trying to avoid the big, like, mech swimming guys. Mm -hmm. Even if your scarf gets torn a bunch... I don't think it really affects your ability to complete the game. James, it sounds like maybe you Let had kind of a you, hard time getting there quickly. It does, not, it does not really affect your ability. I just got lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and the, the recovery rate goes down because you can't fly for as long. Right. But yeah. the ability to do it, it's not harder, really. 
Yeah, so like it's still it fully off. possible. It just takes longer. Yeah, yeah you can't my, stip. My scarf got pretty torn up, and I mean, maybe this was a a strat that I found, but it was if you like held the chime and did a big one, yeah. then you could collect a lot of the small ribbons and get a really big boost before you actually start using your flying meter. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, so comboing that with flying made it pretty easy to do the jumps, like in the tower of light, especially. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound very BM, and I don't mean it to be, but what is it when your scarf rips? <laughs> when exactly. the uh, snake robots, flying snake robots... When they uh, catch They're you. suggesting taking damage. In any of the points okay. in this game, you can take damage, and you lose a bit of your scarf as a result. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also, you get detected like by being in like, their beam BM, of light. So. If you, yeah, if you're <laughs> in their flashlight. pretty hurt. Yeah, so it turns yeah. red, and then they, <laughs> like, there's like a, a, maybe potentially like an aggressive sound, and then they come <clears> and basically <throat> home in on you and fuck your shit up, and they'll even destroy cover. Uh, the thing that really screwed me up about it was that it was like it would turn red and then I'd get on cover and then it would flip to green and then it would attack me anyway through the cover. Yes, I saw mm -hmm. that. Oh. Mm -hmm. You can't get detected. This is the moral of the story. You just can't if you want to live. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily kill you either, but it does humble it you a bit. Oh, it doesn't kill you. No. And it's definitely, I, I watched it happen a bunch of times to the other guy. And then I was like frantically just like using my chime to be like, listen, motherfucker. I will show you the way. <laughs> like, like that shit you're doing, greedy as fuck. <laughs> like, get out of here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it can't kill you, but you see, um, yes. So I guess worth changing your perspective lightly because you've apparently never taken damage, which is badass. Um, it You lose the same resource that you would gain from getting those collectibles. So they're, they're not a permanent buff as much as they feel early on in the game. And that's sort of how they create terror is that you feel like mm -hmm. not only are you being caught, but you're being weakened right. at the same okay. time. Yeah. And then they also make it so there's like a lot, not that many of those it would seem to find, it feels like at times. I'm sure they're there behind something, in something. But but you start to realize like, I can't go as far. Like I feel limited. I felt held down, oppressed. And that's the feeling they want you to have. So there's a, that's that's during the, the dungeon section before they get to the fight in the clouds, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I loved communicating via the chime because the other thing is that the other person, every time we would accomplish a teamwork task together, we would both chime at the same time. Like we would get to the next Aww. thing and it'd be like, chime. And he'd be like, Doo -doo. <laughs> and every time they would chime one off, I would chime one off always. Like as in like like call response and it, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because they layer the sound effect on top of each other such a way that it's not just like one sound then the same sound it's like it's different notes of a continued song uh, and so it yeah. builds on top of itself mm -hmm. and on each other and you're spamming it and it's not just like beep 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 like a car alarm it's actually building a song and they can be part of that song with you. And so sometimes they would be talking to me and I would just be like and you're looking for a large sound and here. And they'd be like, no, I'm trying to tell you to go to cover. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, but it's just like you would want to build their song with them. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a very, like, a very nice experience with our little friend. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm setting you up for this, Lena, because you talked about it earlier, but just like talking about the specific section oh, where... Oh, the perfect moment. So, I mean, I guess, like... <sighs> I was like trying to wait since like kind of near the end of the game, but we've already warned about spoilers and it's not really that long of a game. So I think we're there. Um, okay. 
But so you you kind of you go through everything, right? There's the dungeon section. There's a tower of light. Blah, blah blah. You get through it. You climb up the the scary scary mountain. Well, the scary scary mountain. You climb up the 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 snowy windy mountain. You gotta get through all of that. Um, and everything goes white. And then you have that like really. Well, I think you fall over. Oh yeah, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Okay, yes, I'm telling you wrong. Tell, let me try again. Let me try again. Okay. Give a little more to the mountain. The mountain <laughs> yeah, is a key feel. Yeah, because I'm glad that I started and then remembered that it's about the mountain. So yeah. we met our little friend on our way up the mountain. Um, and so we went the whole way up that mountain, like getting through the wind and hiding in cover from the mech snake things. Um, and we like did that whole at part of the game, which like feels like a pretty hefty section of it. Yeah. Um, with this this other person. And you're starting to freeze. You're you're yeah, like, losing power. You're starting to be slower. Your scarf is a... getting is like all the, pretty much all the way gone. I think by the end, I think it is all the way gone by the end. And you're starting to freeze over, and you kind of are, you finally get to the top, and the you see the white figures who come out and like look at you. And then you essentially, I mean, like you freeze and fall into the snow and the whole screen goes white. Yeah, perhaps you die. And perhaps you die. And mm-hmm. then you get a cut scene, which is lovely. And you're just like not sure what's going to happen. It's a long and cut scene too. so we, we got to that point with this other player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I was, we all know because we've played the game, you have this cutscene and then you kind of get dropped into the cutscene into like. I think arguably like maybe the most joyful moment in video games that I've ever experienced where like the music starts up again and it's super beautiful and you're on the top of this snowy mountain and there it's there's it's sunny and bright and beautiful and you've got your like ski thing going on again and there's all these happy carpets all over the place like chirping at you and they shoot you out of it. Remember those? Sure, yep. carpet yeah. battle yeah. cruisers are rolling around. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. But like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's such a joyful moment. And they bust you out of that and like you go down the hill and like you do, there's like a jump that comes there pretty quickly. And they jumped us out with our player friend at the same moment. Because we were, we were wondering because they're not part like, of the cutscene. We're, we're like, is, are they going to disconnect us? Like, yes. or are they gone? Like, we didn't oh. know what happened. But when you, when you enter, when you exit that cutscene and you like get that moment and you're like both, they like, they, like, they ski jump off, you do with the person you were playing with. Yeah. And it was like, it was stunning. Yeah. It was stunning. Because I was like sitting there being like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And like, and you see the jump, you're like, oh my God, it's our friend. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like, do they get to join you in heaven? Just, and the answer that this game gives you is yes. Yes. Just <laughs> like, it was, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. It was like such a nice, and I, I think it's I also like a kind of a bummer that I wanted to bring up that I, games that do this multiplayer thing, I feel like are always a little bit at risk for their games aging. Because I wonder uh, if this experience would have been more common and maybe even like essentially everybody would have it if you if we had all played it on launch. That makes a lot of sense. When lots of people were doing it. But this game is what, like 10 years old at this point? So it was re-released on PC, but yes. It's so, the same thing that say like the Dark Souls series has. Like they mm-hmm. actually have like ways to try to get around this. But yeah, totally. And I'm sure this game does too. Like I'm sure if the player base is smaller, maybe they, I don't know, let you connect with someone farther away. A personal developer just plays just, in the morning. They're hired. <laughs> Just to be with people. <laughs> but I don't know. But, you know, like that, because we had that really amazing experience and, like, really beautiful, like, going up the mountain with somebody, being really hard, the fade to white, and then, like, the re, the joyful reconnection. Yep. Um, but it sounds like the rest of our podcast friends maybe didn't get that same thing. 
And I feel like that might be part of it. Like there just aren't as many people playing this game right now, and so your your interactions with other pe- other players might be less now. So did you fly up the mountain with the with the other person? So what happened was there's multiple ways up the mountain, including I think you can just walk around the right side. I I, I didn't do that, but I could see mm-hmm. it out of the corner huh. of my eye. But there's also like if you go up the waterfalls and you do the insane jumps, like the fucking the skill shot jumps, you know, where you're like jumping yeah, up that shit on the left side. Yeah, you can just kind of fly the whole way. You can I fly think, the whole way. The no, 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 going. no, no. Yeah. But, but the point yeah, is, it's not it's not a skill shot at all. I don't think. No, it's not a skill yeah, shot. There, there is abundant flight. There's yeah. abundant yeah. flight, but there's like Much you can flying, you can kind of like navigate your way to shit and do badass like speed jumps. And I kind of just like turned to my guy and I was just like, listen, man, I need to fly. <laughs> well, well i've helped yeah. you i've got you to heaven that's true we didn't we I didn't like now. hold hands and fly that whole end section together it was just like the initial kind of like jump off and we're yeah. like oh my god he's al- they're alive and then we just did our own you know i mean i did, did, I, did sing- we did I did signal every time i made it to a place but i like yeah. here like come here come here come here but i was like at this point we probably like saw glimpses of them mm-hmm. but yeah i did have my my friend for that like the falling into the snow and the starting flying up oh the you mountain. did uh, but they they dropped out like part way through that <laughs> when there is the... so unfortunate yeah <laughs> yeah i go ahead i think i also i definitely had them through like collapsing on the mountain um, did you have them for the, the the i don't remember them for the flying sad maybe, maybe it was just like a yeah. timing thing where we both it was perfect yeah yeah it was perfect yeah. Yeah, and then I was just like, the only thing that I think could make it more perfect is when it's like at the end and they show you like what the name of the person was and it's like XX Hentai Hunter 79. <laughs> like, sorry, 69, obviously. How did I not think about that? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, no, obviously that was not the person's name, but like just thinking to myself, like, man, I bet you there's some fucked up names. Do you that think are they give like some people. sort of like proxy name, perhaps? Like, I know like I think mine. They might. Mine sounded like way too cool to actually sound like a player. Like mine was like Arcturos, and I'm like, damn, yeah, <laughs> that's a sweet name. And then I yeah, can only imagine I... their experience of like players you've met, Pickly Pickle. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like um, you know how people always have those like troll Steam accounts that are just like really <laughs> fucked up. Like yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, God, I hope they did that honestly because like I don't I don't want like. It would do such a disservice to that game, but maybe it's in the right way to to actually show who these people are. I like, think they were you, real names. Can you imagine? Yeah, I think ours was like... We had two. And one of them had numbers at the end, which made me think it was real. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I huh. think the QR code that you see when they chime is the the proxy name, and they show you the real name at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, they definitely have the proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is it the real name at the end? I don't. I have no idea. I I like kind of hope so, and I kind of don't at the same time. Just because it is such a powerful ending, and then to put in like fucking, <laughs> like, dude, I've seen some just real questionable shit online. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like what if their name is Milf Hunter or something like? Yeah. That? Yeah. Amazing. Then you shared that truly beautiful moment and like <laughs> shed a tear over Milf Hunter sixty nine. Like, I, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. When Milf Hunter died, I just best. thought to myself, like, were they going to heaven where they were going to have, like, hunting milfs forever? Or, like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, flying out of the... Ma- Anyways. I was, like, in that scene with the magic carpet. Just, like, flying milfs. 
Moving yeah, on. I think this is um, this is to be explored in potentially some fan fiction. I think it's <laughs> if you draw that, send it in at your thumbs. Yeah, drop Gabe that, yeah. in there. Trust me, he'll get a kick out of that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's true. It's true. But yeah, it it yeah it's. Uh, I do I do know what you're talking about. Just in terms of like, there is not as many people to pick from, and this is just one of those things where. I imagine. I really was like, "What if one of these is James or Raphael?" Oh, or Zoe? I, I wanted it thing. so badly to happen. Yeah, we, if we I played won- it too late yeah, in the week, we for that. if we had, if we had, if we had coordinated playing at the same time, it really might have happened. I don't think that they have a very large player base right now, so mm-hmm. um, I bet that we would have had a decent chance. Um, I got my first bud um, building the. Um, very first, like cloth bridge. Yeah. Oh, uh huh. <clears throat> Which is, I think, the first time you can actually get a bud. Yeah, I think that's um, like the second section. I think it's right at the tutorial section, essentially. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and can we just talk about the way that this game guides you through it? Which mm-hmm. is literally just, it shows you a mountain with a glowing light. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That's there, it. There, Okay, there's one other mechanic, but that is, by the way, an awesome mechanic. And yes, and they do it in a giant desert where you seemingly could go everywhere, and yet you just know. There's only one way mm-hmm. with yes. anything to do. Right. And it's the giant mountain. But on top of that, they actually do one other thing, which is they control your camera slightly when you're not using it and they like Mm. suggest to you the way to frame the scenery correctly they suggest to you yeah and it's beautiful oh so nice yeah and as someone i was like i was looking at that and i was like i don't even need mccoy Elena was sitting there going, oh, look at these camera angles. Yeah, I, I tried to do a James I mean, I mean so actually hard. what I was doing was in my head, I was going like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that angle. James, uh, I thought of you. This is a slight tangent, but yeah. we were on a hike the other day. And McCoy said something about like, guys, stop. Like, look at this. And I was just like, no, 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 I, oh, I, yeah, I, look at that. And I can't, I can't do the voice at all. And it was awful. <laughs> Like yeah, was, Gabe was there too. Was but perfect. I was like, oh, I was like, Gabe, I need you to do this for me because someone God. has to say it, but it can't be me clearly, given what I've just demonstrated. But yeah, well, what happened was, oh it was like we were on a hike, and I was literally like, "Hey guys, look at the way the mountain is framed here." And they're like, "I don't know, it's okay." And I'm like, "Excuse me," and I'm pointing at the ground here. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, he made here. us stand in an exact spot. Well, because they were like sitting there, and like, I don't know, it's kind of covered where I am. And I'm like, "Of course it is, you idiot! Get over here where I'm pointing." I don't give a fuck what you see. Look at what I see. And they Which like, is what Journey does to you. Exactly. Nice way to bring it back. No, and I will say, like, and as, yeah, go ahead. Everything is beautiful. It is. So mm-hmm. it works really well. I mean, even the first set of colors that they show you, that's one of those things that I was sitting there going, like, in in that way, this game is actually scaling over time. Um, not exactly, but I was sitting there and I was like, this, these colors look amazing on this TV. Like, I'm not sure if the TV I would have had at this era of time would have looked as good at this. Now, of course, it's one mm. of those, it's the same with audio, right? It's like, we listen to some of the, our favorite songs ever through Apple headphones. They're not the best headphones ever, but the point is that the music is so fucking good. It doesn't matter, right? It can break through the technology. So I'm sure Journey's color palette could break through the technology of the television at the time. But dude, I was sitting here going like, dude, this, the color choices, like especially when you go from like 
the sort of red of the sand and the red of the sky to the next world, which is like it's like green of the sky and like pink of the sand or something. Mm -hmm. Those color choices and the way they play off each other is just it's just perfect. It's just perfect. So you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like it's just that is not going to going to go out of style or. And it's not going to be outclassed by by Gree, who also does an incredible, amazing job with color, right? But it does it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't matter that another game did it later or that we've built on top of this. It still stands. It's with its beauty. Um I think it's just the advantage of stylized art games. Like they just hold up to time better. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the art style of this a lot. This this little sprite character that you play is the first time I've ever looked at a character and been like we ever go to Comic-Con, I'm going to cosplay as that little thing. <laughs> I just, I loved it. It's so, yeah. so lovely. And so, I mean, I think like in terms of like, like so simple. Um, I really like the long trailing scarf and the, it's just, uh, what a what a fabulous little character. Okay, I had this thought when I was playing. Do you guys think this is why this character is so evocative? It's like, it's like they, with the, not the scarf, but the cloak, the cloak, um, obscures the majority of the character Mm -hmm. do you know what i'm saying so it's like it's like you don't even you do see legs and they are these like really strange kind of trolly little legs i like like trolly little legs right exactly but it's not like the entire character was as trolly as that although maybe it is if you're imagining it underneath the robes and by the way shame on you this is a pg game but um what i'm saying (laughs) is like the body type of the character is is very much obscured and so you kind of just have this like mythical essence of the cloak like billowing like that is the character as opposed to being like this is a long spindly character or this is a short plump character it's it's nothing like that no, none of those things really apply it's just this is a triangle <laughs> that <laughs> billows in the wind mm-hmm. uh, and moves forward I, I i personally thought that was a wonderful way to abstract away the character that i think could bring with it expectations and ideas of what the character is and sort of just keep it in that evoking human narrative sort of way like human stories like it doesn't really matter what that yeah. character looks like if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah well because you're not takes like away... preoccupied with body proportions or just things looking because i think also like this is just my opinion but i think when you introduce human like characters in a video game it's very hard to it, it it probably is like a careful balance to try to make a character look natural enough that a player's not preoccupied with how the character mm-hmm. necessarily looks but then also have the character match the style of the environment around it like i i just yeah. i'm uploading the photo but like gree basically is exactly like the journey one where it's just like long billowy cloak and then like literally stick arms stick legs like there are yeah, no absolutely. dimensions oh my god look to at that it's appendages whatsoever you're absolutely right um, this is exactly journey look at this mm-hmm. so yeah. like, right so that way you know they don't think doesn't yeah journey doesn't even have any arms but that's fine because it's just like can you imagine if they animated hands on those creatures mm-hmm. well, that's like the thing, no you'd right? be looking at the yeah. hands being like what the, <laughs> what the fuck, fuck is, is this happening? yeah and like no but like seriously and, and we did kind of do that in gris mm-hmm. why did i yeah. pronounce it like that you're, getting, <laughs> you're feeling fancy yeah um feeling yourself, yeah. we definitely talked about how somewhat ridiculous the arms and legs were mm-hmm. um and that doesn't – it did not feel that way at all in Journey. Um, also, it's an outfit that, like, 
a long cloak is uh, a desert outfit mm-hmm. and yeah. a freezing cold weather outfit. And fucking beautiful. Well, I think, yeah, it also mm-hmm. gives them like an opportunity to really work with like their wind physics and the, the flowing... Like when you're like, yeah. you know, skiing down the... Um, Someone yeah, help me. Hills, desert. It's like your yeah, cloak like, kind of mm-hmm. goes with it. And Dunes. Yeah. But, but also like like going off all of this that you guys are saying, but like specifically what, what Zoe's saying about the body and like the uncanny valley almost al- mm-hmm. aspect of like you have to look at. But not only do you have to sit there and sort of like make a character that doesn't feel out of place, you also have to make it move. And that is such mm-hmm. a fucking hard thing to do, to not bring attention to the way this thing is moving, especially when now it's sliding, now it's flying, now it's this. And this character can, like, flip in the air and do all sorts of cool stuff and, like, skid through the, the, the like, sand or the snow. And you're not just totally obsessing over, like, yeah, they went from, like, this animation to, like, this animation. And it was, like, kind of janky, but it's fine. And, okay, so it's, like, cloak is, like, phasing through. And there is a little bit of, like, scarf phasing through or whatever but you know what i mean it's just it does definitely just get rid of some of that stuff and i think that's kind of the key Mm -hmm. with these artsy games is that they get rid of stuff it's not like these artsy games like this artsy game is so awesome because it had every game element i've ever heard of and it's like no they kind of got rid of like there's no inventory system here you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they got rid of stuff and let you focus on what actually matters and in this case they got rid of even animating your character in an exact way to to also continue to sort of like put your focus on what matters. It's just, it's just really elegant in that way. This is kind of what I wanted them to do more of in East Shade, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, I could too. I fucking love so the So we didn't have to worry about hear you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like picking up sticks on the ground. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Remember how that was a thing in East Shade? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and in fact, this was, by the way, I would say in what I would consider to be the heyday of um, collectibles and that sort of thing because during the PlayStation 3 era and specifically the Xbox That was the Ubisoft, Ubisoft open world explosion, right? Potentially. Um, and on top of that, it was the introduction of achievements and trophies for for playstation and for xbox so it was like you could complete meta objectives essentially right to get these trophies and points and whatever the fuck else and so i think they play on this a lot too it's actually really interesting we've already heard this reference right but so he's in there collecting everything there probably are achievements i have no idea i bet you there are about there are achievements mm-hmm. yeah in, in fact it's actually you are required to have achievements on playstation mm. hmm. i believe that uh, i know this because for don't starve it doesn't have any achievements and so they added like an item in it which is just like congrats you achieved something <laughs> you found it <laughs> it's the it's the accomplish shrine and you you get you get the achievement of accomplishment for like tapping it a hundred times or something that i love is that awesome. right because because there was this whole meta progression thing about how trophies so so achievements came out first on xbox and it was starting to really take over and all these games were having this like you know like uh what was it uh it's not dead island but it was like it was one of the zombie games on xbox and the moral of the story is like left for dead yeah it wasn't left for dead either although i'm sure that had achievements too it was um 
it was the one with the character Frank West. People in the audience don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. If they've played this Xbox era. And at one point you would get a car or something and you'd have to kill 300,000 zombies or something like that. And I remember watching my friend, like his my friend's older brother, just sit there with a car and just mow down zombies like 30 a second for like hours. Like just hours and hours. He's like trying to get this achievement. And then PlayStation had on top of that like we're gonna add like very specifically like a platinum trophy for you have gotten every achievement in this game in a sense you have 100 percent of it i think the and i know it, xbox kind of had that but it didn't have this same like we're literally kind of like codifying it and naming it as like its thing so this is the heyday of achievements and of a hundred percenting i would say like i'm just not saying that that isn't a present now and it wasn't present beforehand but this is where Every console developer was like very clearly trying to sell this premise. And you could, you know, on your friends list, like you get that motherfucker in history class or some shit that would be like, yo, I play PlayStation 2. And you're like, oh, you play PlayStation, bro? And he's like, yeah, yeah. What's your gamer tag? And you add his gamer tag. Dude, this kid doesn't have trophies. This kid ain't shit. Like, I don't even play for trophies, bro. I ain't a hundred percenter, but I got more points than this guy. This guy, he said he was legit, but he said he was a real gamer. You know, that was a gamer checking before it was cool or potentially it may never have been cool and it may never be cool. Um, but yeah, so like, it's just interesting to see how they don't require any of that stuff, but you can see they have the seeds of it still. Like they have collectibles and they have things you can accomplish along the way, but you don't have to. You can just do if you want to, or you can do that. Whatever you enjoy, you can do in this sort of game. And that's, that's pretty cool. Did you guys have fun flying around? That's the real question, because that's the majority of what we do, is just slide and get momentum. I had fun. Oh, I mean, yes. of course. Hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I just think, like, and I, I even think just the, I don't know, just the the whole scarf mechanic itself was just a mechanic that never felt hindering or annoying. Like, I guess I, I can't speak for you guys, I guess, like... And your guys' experience, but like I got my scarf to be like really super long, so at some like at some points I was able to like glide through like half of the map or whatnot, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and I don't know. I thought like even in like the areas where the scarf wasn't replenishing all that much in the icy areas, like it felt right for the time of game. It never felt like the game was kind of doing it as a fuck you. This is like fuck fuck you. This is hard now. It was just kind of like no, this makes sense. We're gonna we're, we're gonna be laborious right now, and it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Oh, and building on that, I was I could not help but think at the last section of this game because it just came from the ice area where it was not necessarily harder exactly, but it is more restricted, right? Like it's not replenishing. That's what you guys are talking about. Um, but then the final sequence is not the hardest level in the game. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not mm -hmm. like they sat there and were like, this is where difficulty should kick in. We're going to get our game designer to punish some people. They're going to fail a couple of times. And that's what we really want to see. We want to see that five-year-old cry and quit this game here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that shit didn't happen. <laughs> Instead, they gave you a joyous uh, roller coaster to the end of this game, right? Mm -hmm. They gave you a, a light show uh, and a total experience. And, and that is just such a brilliant way for them to recognize that difficulty is not the goal here. Not the goal here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that last um, 
last little section on this, like the release into like all the fun that you, or, like, yeah, I, all the fun that you had had flying around and just like let you kind of roll through it. And they kind of had like little homages to every section. So you kind of like, you didn't literally go back through the map, but you kind of like symbolically went back through the map and then you're mm -hmm. just done. Yeah. And they did that actually a lot. They showed you in the, again, I want to call it a triptych, but it's not a triptych. Not. Cool. They, they, the tapestry is the what tapestry, we're it. sure, whatever the fuck that thing is. The art, they showed you literally the journey that you had been through, and you're like, oh, fuck, that was literally what I had just done. And then it showed you what you must do. Mm -hmm. That was such a killer section. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was, mm -hmm. a, that was a really cool part where you're like, oh, wait. Like, especially since, like, the tapestry itself is so, like, because there's no text to it, it's all very ambiguous what it means. Like, you just see your player character, like, collapsed on top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if that's, like, is that them, like, prostrate, like, it, pr is it prostrating where you're, like, bowing down on the ground? I think, like, is, mm -hmm. is that them, like, you know, being, like, religious in some way? Or is it them, like, dying? Or is, like, is that just them being tired? Like, that was the whole thing yeah. for me of just, like, oh, is this a journey to death? That's a dark undertone this game's gonna take. I think it very um, well yeah. could be that, by the way. Well, yeah, I feel like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I you know, I, would, I, don't, I, I assume... Maybe that there's an official story to Journey that, like, maybe the developers have come out and been like, this is what it is, this is what we were doing. <laughs> You're wrong. Bad fan theory. You're like, thanks. Well, Journey I don't know. You know, sometimes that, that happens, especially with, like, inner, you know, press afterwards. Like, this is what we were trying to convey. Sure. Um, I haven't read any of that, so I don't know. But I, and I liked it that it wasn't there because um, I liked that it was sort of enigmatic mm -hmm. and that you can sort of make mm -hmm. of the Journey whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And whatever theory you have. Like, I had a couple different ones throughout the game. and um, yeah. yeah. So, Elaine and I have been in the background or in behind the scenes talking about this premise that she learned from, I, you told me, it was from a YouTuber that studies fucking, doesn't matter. They're, they're a, a homesteading <laughs> you YouTuber. You so well when I talk. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's not about details. It's about breadth, sure. right? Mm -hmm. It's about, like, a lot of hours of listening, right? Um, no, no, but it was like a homesteading YouTuber that like studies uh, the ability to like buy all of their groceries, say in one, you know, one foul soup for the whole year, right? Like that sort of strategy. But anyways, they're talking about this concept of seasons of life. And it's something that I wanted to bring here because I think it's an interesting premise, especially I have reflected on my own life and seen that there are different distinct seasons it would feel where I myself had different goals and had different struggles and had different success criteria or whatever that be. And I didn't really know the distinctions between the seasons within my own life at the time, but I do now looking back. But what I think is so beautiful about this game is it evokes the seasons of life, right? Like there are different seasons in this game, different styles, different feelings. And like, obviously that section that's hard before the like success or before the, like wherever you reach where you want to go, um, is I think something that I feel like if I played Journey in 10 years from now, I could like connect that to different parts of my life, just as if I had played it 10 years previous, I could as well. So it's just interesting how it feels like it's catching certain concepts that like speak to certain sections of my life, if that makes sense. And I, I was just thinking about that a lot here. Cause like, yeah, like maybe you do like die at the end. Like maybe that is like what they're talking about and like talking about afterlife and who know who knows what they're talking about. But I just feel like I want to play this game again in like two years and see mm -hmm. if I can connect it more to just sort of the seasons of life that I'm going through, if that makes sense. Like, 
I feel like mm-hmm. it's speaking to this game feels like more accurate to life than like my understanding is yet. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm still getting there. If that makes sense. Like I'm still trying to learn through shit and, and figure it out. But so, so part of my interpretation of the game was that this is a metaphor for life. Um, and, uh, I mean, the one of the age-old metaphors for old age is like winter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where the seasons of a year are the uh, like spring is your youth, and then the summer is your young adulthood, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, it's harder to move. You can't use your fly ability very much. Um, and, uh, et cetera, you know, getting older and then you die. Um, but also that, uh, your friend disconnects. Yeah. And your friend disconnects. No, (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say that, um, you know, having other people around, Makes it easier, makes it better. Mm-hmm. Yes, makes all you warm. guys. This game. And, um, yeah. It's the it, whole trip makes it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This game has sown the seed with, within me so deep that I want to do a... Because if you think about Seasons of Life, our podcast has literally transcended multiple seasons of my own life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I wouldn't be surprised if that's true of all of us, but I don't know. Obviously, I wouldn't claim to know. But the point is that this game made me want to have like a, let's do a retrospective. Let's go through all of our episodes and fucking talk about it. Just because like, <laughs> dude, like there are eras of our podcast that exist. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. they feel distinctly different and they could be uh, articulated with different colors. And do you know what I mean? It's like as you go through the shifts of this game and you feel so distinctly different in these different sections, I was thinking to myself, did my life feel distinctly different along the way? And it didn't at the time. But looking back, it totally does. Like, I was like, all right, so pause our whole schedule. Let's just reminisce for a week. Like, it's like, that's so lame. But like, seriously, because like, guys, oh my God. Like, there are, I mean, just I, there are just diff. like, like life just is a journey, right? Like, I, <laughs> are we really doing this? But, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hard out right now. <laughs> yeah, no, but anyways, I just wanted to say that it it uh it made me retrospective for sure. It made me think back about the different feelings uh and stuff like that. I'm I'm curious if it did that for others, but yeah. Uh... Well, I feel like this is a really interesting game to me in terms of story and like what it evokes for everybody, because I think like it it didn't really. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about the story of this game or even like really my experience with it, like at all until like the very, very end. And then it kind of like hit, and then like really like emotionally kind of like hit me. And I was like, oh my God, I like this. Um, but like I didn't, along the, I guess like along the way of a journey, I was just like enjoying the experience of playing the game. And I wasn't really thinking about like, ah, oh, yes, I think this is a metaphor for rebirth or like I, I didn't think about any of that. Um, Really until the section where, like, at the, after you get to the top of the, the winter mountain and it goes white and then you kind of, like, get popped out into that really beautiful, joyful 
ending sequence. Um, and even then, like, the credits, I think, were, like, where I was like, oh, maybe this is a metaphor for whatever. This is kind of what I think about it. I didn't really put any of those parts together until the end. And I'm wondering, like, if other people, like, had an emotional response to this game or, like, or didn't or like throughout the whole game if you were thinking about like oh I think this is obviously a metaphor for this or like what your experiences were like playing that because for me I didn't think about it at all until it kind of like hit me and I was like oh cool um yeah I mean I like I don't think I had an emotional reaction playing this game but that's not a bad I don't mean that as a bad thing rather Mm -hmm. i just saw this experience as just being more peaceful and meditative and it was just so nice to just sit back on an evening during the week and just play through a game that was just yeah just like beautiful to look at beautiful to listen to Mm -hmm. didn't require a lot of brain power to like figure out or like gamify yeah Um, twitch reactions not present (laughs) yeah just didn't feel like i had to overly react to anything no like it was it was just so nice to just kind of play a game and be Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. and i think there's i think it's a it's a style of gameplay that i wouldn't say is dying out i think a lot of games uh that come out today probably uh, do their attempts to like have this feeling or like if they want to have that kind of feeling they feel like they need to make it a puzzle game or a platformer. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I really appreciated it. And I just kind of, I played it. I made my peace with it. And I was just like, that that was beautiful. You know, now I know whenever I'm having a really stressful day, if I want to spend two hours doing something very nice, I can turn to this, I guess. Mm-hmm. I can put this in my wheelhouse. Like, I won't, but I could. <laughs> yeah. No, mm-hmm. but, but like... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I don't know. I don't mean to like maybe jump in front of. If other people had responses to that question, let me not segue away first. But yeah, other, other people feeling similar to that, like enjoying the, enjoying this or what? I mean, I, I think I, I didn't really have that strong an emotional reaction, either. I guess I, I enjoyed the part where I was buddied up with someone, and, uh, I don't know. I, I felt, I guess, a sense of camaraderie or something, mm-hmm. um, with them. Uh, and it, it definitely like changed the way that I was looking at the game where I was a lot more focused on like, oh, are we getting like to this place together? Like, are they, are they falling behind? Uh, like, what can I do to signal to them where we should go? Um, but outside of that, I didn't have really anything that strong. It, it was beautiful. It was peaceful and calm except for the parts that were not and i actually <laughs> still maintain like i i really don't feel like they fit in with the rest of the game mm-hmm. uh from my perspective uh yeah i i think there's there's some i have i have actually like mechanical gripes about the way that was delivered um i, I think they could have signaled the uh snake robots a lot more clearly uh, than they did of like where they were look where they were going to be looking sort of thing or like where it... no so that that is signaled very clearly uh but whether they're going to attack they oh. it actually like d- appear to deliberately mislead you um hmm. with the changing colors back to yeah. the to the 
I'm roaming, undetected yeah. color, and then, and then killing you. you. Yeah, it appeared to be just if you were detected, they would hit you, and it felt like almost. It honestly felt like a oversight bug question mark. Like it just yeah. it did not feel mm-hmm. right the way that that color changed back. You would imagine yeah. to be red the whole Agreed. sequence through that animation. That makes sense. Um, um, so I guess I had a little bit of frustration there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, like hearing McCoy talk about it in particular, I feel like I, I wasn't really paying as much attention to what the game was showing, but I, I, I feel a similar disconnect with, I think a, a lot of forms of art, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and that is sort of like, if I, and this is how I typically feel when I go into a museum, like people are like, oh, this is really interesting and evokes that feeling. And I'm just like, okay, it's a picture or something. <laughs> sure. You're like, that's that's a picture of, once again, a platter of, of fruit. <laughs> once again. <laughs> like, <laughs> which, like, is not even some shit that's at my house. Like, what, what what's the deal here? Yeah. Yeah, I and I mean, like... I'm, sh- I'm sure Sorry. there's a lot to I'm, I'm sure there's a lot to it, uh, but at least I... I feel like I, I didn't I didn't pick up what they were putting down. But I I think that's part of what what made this game interesting to me is that I didn't I wasn't picking up what they were putting down, I guess to like use Raphael's term, like until the very end. Like I didn't really again, like mm-hmm. it didn't hit me in any way besides what we've all described as kind of like this like really beautiful or sort of serene, lovely gameplay experience, except for the terrifying sections where there's a giant snake monster chasing you. Um but like I, I again, like I wasn't, I didn't have any like deep meaning, emotional response really throughout most of the game. Um, so yeah. I was just curious how other people. So I think it's, I think it's a game that like could really go either way for people. I guess is what I'm trying to like figure out. That I feel like you could play it and have like a lovely, serene day of sand surfing, or I'm sure there are other people who maybe like read too much into it or read just enough into it, but have more of like an evocative. Um, emotional response to whatever the story is i think part of it does come down to how you choose to um have this experience like for instance like you know i joked about the person who had to do this between two meetings and then had to stop right in the middle um and i'm assuming that was at 1 p.m you know what i'm saying and they still had to fucking commute or something but like for instance here you know we played it with through speakers out loud with like the perfect volume set so that like you could hear just like it, we actually played it a little bit quiet. And the reason why is because then you have to really like pay attention and listen. It's like a trick. If you play it loud, it's easy to, to sit back into the sound, but we played it just quiet enough that you had to be attentive to, to catch the subtler details and then, you know, turn off all the lights and make sure it's night outside and, you know, make sure everyone has what they need to have. Do you have your heated blanket? Do you have your water? Do you have et cetera? So, like there's a large process into the production, you, which just doesn't seem like it would matter. But what what it matters is, is like making sure you arrive. That makes sense. Yeah, but I don't. And that's just a part of it. I agree. I don't think it's just about setup. I also no, think no. like this game is a game that can be because I think it's it's very like light touch. It doesn't beat you over the head with like this is a metaphor for death. They're like it's it's <laughs> which some games do and some some forms of art do. Life is strange. Life is strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like I I really think that it it doesn't it doesn't try to force you into that. And you could read this game so many different ways and have so many different experiences with it. And so I think it's also just kind of like 
how you read things and where you are, what's going on. Right. And I don't mean to say that was the only thing, but I do mean to say that that's part part of it. Mm -hmm. That's a part of it that I that I think it does matter because it's very easy to play this in the same way that you could play other games. You know what I'm saying? But it isn't another game. And in fact, I was thinking about this really clearly while I was playing it because I, I often have a very critical mind about like these types of things. I like to think about like, what did I like about them? What did I not like about them, right? That's the whole, I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? And I was playing this game mm -hmm. and I was like, it doesn't feel like it's my place to critique this game. It feels like this game is going to do its best to do what it wants to do, to evoke what it wants to evoke. And I'm not here to say, uh, level three dash one is total bullshit because this puzzle makes no sense to you know i'm not really here to say they landed this uh you know surf down this mountain or not or like the fact that it felt like a snowboarding game in the middle where you're going between time gates or something like it just it just it, it, it i don't know i i just felt like okay they're doing their whatever their thing is and they're just gonna show me a show and i should just enjoy it like i should just the critical part of me it doesn't have a place here I, I don't know if other people feel that way for these sorts of games, but I definitely do. Like, I feel like Greece as well. It's just like, I'm here to enjoy the marvel of it. And, you know, I, mean, I, I think I, I tried to do that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And aside from the, the part where I got a little frustrated, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. which I mean, in, in some sense really didn't hinder me completing the game, but it mm -hmm. did like take out some of the, the joys of flight i guess yeah that makes sense uh yeah i mean i i was just sort of trying to ab absorb it and experience it but mm -hmm. at the same time it i i didn't i didn't pick up a whole lot yeah and i think that's Fair. yeah that's like just different ways of reading it and i also think like my impression of these games always or these type, like I think the same thing about sort of like pure story, like Edith Finch style, like really just pure sort of story walking scene in their games is like, I don't have, I'm not going in there trying to critique them unless they get in the way of themselves. Okay. I think games that get in the way of themselves and they, you cannot pick up what they're attempting to put down because they're blocking you from doing that with like a bad mechanic or a puzzle that makes no sense. Like those things do affect your experience and they affect your ability to like get something out of that game. That's when I critique and come down on games that are going for this kind of like more evocative or more story-based thing because the mechanics matter in the sense that they can't get in front of what they're trying to have you experience. Yeah, like and if there's they a do, really great word. Is there? For this situation, which is called ludonarrative dissonance. Okay. Please define. Um, that sounds like which at is, least two words. <laughs> Good call out, Raphael. You're right. You're right. The word is the the it's it's a two word thing. Ludo narrative dissonance is where the things that you're doing cause dissonance with the the narrative that it's that mm -hmm. that your the experience is trying to cause dissonance. Just um, well, let's go all the way. Dissonance being that fight with like like in opposition yeah. of so mm -hmm. you are doing right. things you are mercilessly killing hundreds of people because it's an action game and then you are supposedly the pacifist savior in the story that's ludo narrative it's like an extreme example but yeah no but i mean Apparently in gaming was... that is not extreme that is standard <laughs> unfortunately yeah. the, the term was coined in response to the game bioshock 
<laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Ooh. In- that, and, that, you know, where, actually, Lunar Narrow Dissonance is yeah. a key foundation to one of Adam's game principles. So I mean, I really like the concept, actually. I yep. think, like, I, I'm going to yeah. use this new term, ludonarrative dissonance, because I think that that's, I mean, I'm even less of a game reviewer I than think... you guys, but I, that's, like, that's what I think about when I think about games like Journey or Edith Finch, like, that are really trying to have you experience mm-hmm. something. Um, I think it's a perfect yeah. word for that. And, like, does the, does the gameplay get in the way of mm-hmm. the story, of the experience? Um, yeah. Do do the bugs get in the way totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. of the story and the experience? Yep. Um, and I think I think it is well within our rights to to critique whether a game succeeds at what it's trying to do, sure, mm-hmm. and whether it fails. And I think that in the case of Journey, um, it succeeds. Mm. I I don't disagree with Raphael that the uh the underground sequence the all of the attacks by those um angry skyfish um <laughs> like they I don't know what they're trying to do they're trying to cause a gameplay experience um but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily like feel like it has a place with the rest of the game. And I, I, I agree with that, but I don't think that it really took away from my experience as a whole. Um and I did kinda have fun like finding something to hide in and then chiming a bunch. To be like, come here, come here, come here. Yeah. I um, found a fucking rock, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like accidentally going too early and getting caught and then having my uh, my thingo ripped. Yeah. Your, your yeah. friend Morse code to you like, how could you go so early? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just like. I totally baited my friend into getting there. Uh, <laughs> and I felt so bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if I had had a buddy earlier on for the, like, I didn't have one for the entire underground portion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only on the mountain that I had a buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that would have gone over better. Uh, but I mean, it it didn't like ruin the oh, the not. game experience for me. It was just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but it it is getting at what you guys are talking about, which is that it um, potentially took you steps out of it maybe not all the way maybe not even a mm-hmm. ton but just it it conflicted a bit in your experience and you're just trying to note that here of like okay that part to me didn't quite land it kind of kept me further away from where they want it to be i think than maybe they intended or something like that mm-hmm. seems pretty reasonable yeah i would just say like listen i'm not here to like there's no right or wrong especially not with stuff like this of course everything i say is right and everything everyone else says is wrong if they disagree but i would just say that um i think the sections where there's like the the hide and seek and the terror and the darkness and the dungeon and all that stuff i think they fit really well in the human life narrative like this is the struggle part um and this is the evil part and it's specifically the evil in the sense of like these other creatures want you dead but why like you're such a pure creature 
you've done nothing wrong. Why is it that they're attacking you? And that's different than the struggle of going up the mountain. That's a different, that's like a personal internal struggle. This is an external struggle of other people or entities wanting you dead and just trying to, to understand why that is. Um, but fair. Um, mm-hmm. just yeah, no, I, I also accepted, accepted them as a part mm. of the narrative. I think like most... Yeah, me too. You know, like most most stories need a section of darkness and a struggle. And I think this game was sort of trying to set up like this really beautiful, like joyful, like look at the bridges. But there was also clearly like sort of some disrepair, acts, you know, aspects of like, oh, the bridges weren't quite working. You need to go get them set up or things had kind of fallen down. Maybe, um, I don't know, that was my interpretation. Again, like there's no, it's, a, it's all kind of up for interpretation. So I kind of took like the scary mech monsters as like being the destroyers of this sort of civilization and you really trying yeah. to get through them. So like I, I think like for me, I, I wove it into a narrative that made sense to me about why there would be this period of like darkness and strife that you had to get through and then kind of like relight the, the lights and get up. To, anyways. Yeah. Um, well, they were, they were in the tapestry with, uh, robed figures riding them so they were war machines of some sort yeah interesting also if you want to talk about a connection to another playstation exclusive game horizon zero dawn is filled with that feeling oh my god the feeling mm-hmm. of and like you... the same noise yeah yes well it's mm-hmm. it's the ancient technology or something about it there's a combination of of old and oppressive maybe new at the same time like old school technology it's like that that red light and the sort of sound of creaking of something anyways um yeah there's a lot of hiding in bushes while you see giant creatures yeah uh that feel like this uh come along through so mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'd be curious to we don't have to like harp on this too much longer but i also remember thinking about while we were playing those sections with the the mech creatures like if the game would have felt differently or still held together if they didn't exist because like i wonder if it was just like a purely nice experience the whole way through mm-hmm. i don't know what that would have felt like in terms of like a game or a story you know a, as sort of light as the narrative is and as kind of maybe more evocative than like really detailed i wonder how it would have been if, it, if those sections hadn't existed because i agree that they both have like a an element of not fitting with the other sections of the game but i also wonder like if the other sections of the game would have stood together as well without that i don't know that's some like story narrative stuff that i don't know that i'm qualified to like really go into but i I wonder writer (laughs) the way that this Um, it's just it's creating distance for your emotions to travel so like if it's all one note and that's positive which by the way i think is way more viable than people think. Mm-hmm. I think people feel like you must have the highs than the lows to hit the highs again. It's not that you must, but it is a valuable technique to make sure that the ending sequence is as joyous as yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Exactly. Next <laughs> podcast, Journey, more like yearning to play a better, more interesting game. <laughs> and with that, I think we should maybe... No, yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was, okay, I was right. trying to reference the, um, that scene from Life is Strange before yeah. the storm. Oh my god! Oh yeah. <laughs> where that kind of gives you emotional whiplash, where you're like practically crying, and then you're like, "Was I supposed to laugh?" 
Yeah. 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 That shit kills um, for me, by the way. That's true. That's an example of one of these kind of like contrasting emotions things that just really does not land. I love and it. I think at least mm-hmm. Journeys lands better than that. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> no one can Fair. disagree with that point. So Yeah, let's get to the real, <laughs> real nitty gritty of it. Does Life is Strange land harder than Journey? Let's not do that. Let's just rate Journey. I think it'll become pretty apparent. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I do. All right, well, then why don't you let us know. Okay, I actually did want to give one more story, actually, before we get to that section. And obviously, if other people have sections okay. they want to jump into, that's fine, too. But... Uh, Without getting into, like, personal details or whatever too much, it was just sort of like we were playing this game, uh, played it at night for an hour or so. That's the other thing. It's like a two-hour game, but actually splitting it up into multiple chunks was, like, straight flames for where we were feeling. So I would just say, like, I don't know. This sounds so stupid, but, like, play the game until you don't feel like playing it anymore and then come back. Like... Like mm. gamers, remember you can you you don't have to marathon everything all day long. You can. I'm sure this game is awesome to marathon, but just you know, read yourself a little. But anyways, so we come back the next morning and we're supposed to go on a hike with Gabe, legendary Gabe from the podcast. R.I.P. R.I.P. Gabe from the podcast. <laughs> You're just walking um, with his ghost. We do it every weekend. <laughs> yeah, that is just so dark. Um, yeah, you find him on the trails, <laughs> just out there. Anyways, God, this is so sad. But the point is. We were then going to play the end of Journey and then go see him. Um, and so we're playing the end of it. And it's just this insane emotional roller coaster, at least for us in that very fragile morning state where we haven't, uh, we were, up, okay, we got up right and we were about to get on our phones like everyone would do. And I was like, Elena, don't do it. Let's go play Journey in our purest state possible. And then she's just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's 7 a.m. But I'm like, trust me, like, this is the time. This is before someone told you that the celebrity that you love that you've never heard of before is dead or a jerk. Like, this is before that time. Like, don't let that into your heart yet. Let's have a Journey experience. And we went and played this game and it was just so emotional at the end. And they're hitting the credits and we're seeing all the different uh, puzzles again. And we're seeing like the story as it comes through and they're talking about the people that worked on it and they're thanking everyone and they're, you know, thanking all sorts of people. And then Elena's like, oh, my phone was going off during this. And so then she sits and she like reads it and she picks it up and she's like, oh, like my parents are actually at my grandparents or my grandfather's funeral or uh, not funeral. Not uh, funeral. <laughs> I would also be there. Tombstone <laughs> right now. And like, it's like this like spiritual moment of like, it felt like almost through the, through the universe. Like there's all these emotions going around and it was just this like very powerful experience. And like, she's tearing up and I'm sitting there and I don't really tear up, but I'm at least like trying not to judge. And then like, <laughs> and then we go outside to see Gabe and it's just like, we're sitting there and talking about like, it's just humans and human nature and the human story is so beautiful. And then there's this motherfucker parked halfway in our fucking driveway that is just like idling halfway through our driveway and we can't get out of our house. And then we're sitting there like, what do we do? And we're literally having the conversation about how beautiful the human experience is. And it's like, motherfucker, get off the road. What are you doing? <laughs> like, beeping at this guy. Like, what are you doing? Who raised you? I can't you? talk at you. It's seven in the morning. What the fuck are you doing? And so then it was just like, ah. We had the full experience, We're the back. full human experience <laughs> with just a little bit of road rage on the end of that. Okay. And with that, anything else you want to get to before we rate this thing and then get on with our own journey? No. I think not. Let's do it. All right, Elena. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Okay. What'd you think? Well, Okay. I wasn't originally supposed to be on this podcast. Uh, I was, like, talking to McCoy. I was like, hey, I have, like, a bunch of work stuff coming up. So if you guys could, like, do some games for the podcast that I'm not going to be on the podcast for, like, that would be really amazing. And then I was essentially um, baited and outsmarted, to use, like, League of Legends term. And he's like, no, no, but Journey's really short. So you can just play it with me 
because it's been on your list forever. We'll just play it together and then you won't have to be in the podcast. Like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am on the podcast because I, I like, loved Journey. Um, someday I'm going to have to come to terms with the fact that on every podcast I come on, I'm like, this game is top five all time on my <laughs> list. And I have, like, 20 games at this point, And yeah. it's just they don't fit. I'm going to have to go through them. Yeah, every game um, is the GOAT game. But, like, this, I, I, I loved this Journey experience. Um, yeah, I really liked it. And, again, like, I, McCoy, I think, has come out and, like, made this sound like an, we had, like, the most emotional, earth-shattering experience of all time while playing this game. And it was, like, everyone was crying the whole way through. And I was just, like, I want to fight that narrative a little bit. Because, like, for me, like, again, like, the first hour and a half of this game were just, like, really lovely, pure, I think what other people, like, calm, serene like, kind of evocative and beautiful just, like, gameplay experience. Like, the music is incredible. Um, the way it fits with the world is really beautiful. I like that little... I'm going to cosplay. At the, we're going to go to Comic-Con, guys. And I'm going to be the little sprite from Journey. Like, I, I've never seen a character and been like, that's my that's my dude. I'm going to be that thing. Um, I just... I loved the game. It was just really beautiful. Um, and then something about that, like ending sequence where it, it goes to white and then you pop out into like in my head canon is like the afterlife which probably is why i got emotional but like that just really joyous release into the like bright snow covered the little those little kite carpet things are adorable like the mm-hmm. way they animated them and made them chirp at you is so endearing and lovely um that end sequence like just really really did it for me like really landed um an emotional note that i don't think i can really describe why or what was about it or like because i i just like the whole game wasn't leading up to that for me it was just like a beautiful game and i was like okay now i'm a little bit teary um i just i really loved it i thought it was a really phenomenal experience i can't quite put my finger on what about it like hit so hard for me or why i think it's just a to use McCoy's term, like a seasons of life moment. Like it was just right now and the way that we played it, the time that I played it, like whatever, it it really worked for me. But I think even had I not had that like kind of potentially over the top emotional response to the very end of the game, the whole game, the whole way through, I thought was just really lovely. Um, I really enjoyed these kinds of games. Like this was also kind of my sweet spot, I think, for games that are short. They don't overstay their welcome. They're just sort of an experience that takes you through and then they leave when they're done and you can think about them and, and they're lovely. Um, but it's just another game that I'm really glad, glad that I got to play. Um, and the, I guess I, it's obviously a gold star for me, but the moment where I was like essentially yelling at McCoy, being like, it's a fucking gold star, was, <laughs> um, at least for me, like the moment where we climbed up the, the mountain until the end and there was that scene where everything goes to white and our little us and our friend like fell into the snow and I was like oh no um and then the moment that we popped back out with them and like by the graces of good timing just like both flew out into mm-hmm. that end sequence together I was like it's a fucking gold star look at it mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's what did it for me like, like really you know that feeling that family dogs often have when one of the family members isn't there yeah it's like how can i focus on this beautiful cutscene when where is my friend Mm -hmm. where is the person that i'm shepherding to the top of this mountain and who's shepherding me and it's like here they are still here 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was, mm-hmm. again, like, I don't know what to chalk it up to. I don't have any, like, really deep reasoning behind it. I just think, like, for me in this moment, it really worked, and I really enjoyed it. And to, you know, one of many top five games that I've played <laughs> in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. Fair. Do you want to pass the baton? You can pick anyone. Sure. I feel a little bit bad because I was like, it's the best experience. Um, James, go next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this game. Um, it's beautiful. It's evocative. It, um... It was a, a, a really enjoyable, chill afternoon. Um, and it critically did not overstay its welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually at, what, like two and a half hours or whatever? Yeah, I mean, or less, maybe. The perfect length for what it was. You don't get bored of the kind of limited mechanics. You don't get bored of um, snowboarding down mountains, which, by the way, it's hard to get bored of. Mm-hmm. That's sick. But, like, it doesn't really keep score or, like, mm-hmm. anything about that. So, Retry. Three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah. Four. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> oh, you crashed. Unlucky. Gnarly, dude. Nice 360. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would have okay. made it a worse game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it just, it's a really excellent um, package. And um, I think it deserves a gold star. Um, this is a great game, I think, to just give anybody the controls to and say here this is something this is a brilliant example of what games can do um it's it's approachable and it does something wonderful um like valorant as much as i love that game Mm -hmm. not not ever gonna do that Even if they make a new um, custom game mode, are you sure? Yes, yes, I am sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I I think that's my uh, my take is it's a it's a excellent little game. Mm-hmm. Do you want to pass the baton, James? You've been giving it. Oh yeah, that's right. Anywhere you want. Um. Raphael. So, I—I I mean, I guess I had a, a very different response to this game from what I've heard so far. Feeling a little bit peer pressured right now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let it um, get to you. I did last week, and I, I didn't like it. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, like, yes, it was a pretty game, and I enjoyed it. Like, it was beautiful at times. It had it had some high notes, and it had some things that frustrated me. Uh, but it, it it really doesn't 
I don't I don't feel a, a strong connection with it. I don't I don't see myself like looking back on it a lot. Um and reflecting, which is something I, I, I like to enjoy and like to do with games like Pyre. I had I probably thought mm-hmm. about that game more than I played it. Um and still think about it. Uh mm. and so and then so I guess like the way I kind of think about my ratings is like if it's just like really special in oh in some or many ways to me, then like that's what a gold star would be. If it's like something that I had a lot of fun with, but I can see like clear flaws and they those detracted from the experience, and that would be like two thumbs up. For me, this doesn't really reach that either. Uh, I I think it, I I didn't really have a lot of like fun with the mechanics. Like they were fine, uh, but there it, there wasn't like a flow state. Uh, ever even like climbing up the mountain where they just took away all the restrictions. It was like okay, I can basically just fly wherever now. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm enjoying this process because I'm not. I'm not like mastering anything. It's not like I get to do like crazy jumps uh, and feel good that I managed to get those right. It's just like there's no restrictions anymore. Um. So, I mean, I think for me, that really puts it at like a one thumb up, which is like, yeah, I I, I enjoyed the game. I don't regret playing it, but it didn't really feel that special to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think mm. that's the thing about the gold star rating itself is like, at least how we've done it for the podcast, a gold star is how you want to interpret a gold star so like obviously for you Raphael like those are games that make you think and you know games that affect you in more ways than one and yeah I mean don't by all means don't feel peer pressured <laughs> to feel like you need to give stuff gold stars I guess um yeah I, I, I mean think... I think partly I was feeling a little peer pressure because it, it wasn't like I had clear complaints like aside from mm-hmm. well, a little bit of frustration with the uh, flying snake monsters, um, right. but it's it's not like yeah, I had a, a strong critique. It's just like it didn't connect. I, I guess that's kind of what happened. It's like with this is pleasant, but not, but not like yeah. No, I think you I think you put it well. Yeah, and um, Agreed. it's a it's a fair read of the game. I think. Yeah, you you will know when it is a gold star. And you're star. also kind of making me feel like I I have kind of like gold star like creep. James <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. is what we get to, bro. Like like honestly, I think that um I've started giving gold stars out a lot more in the last year. Maybe I'm just happier. Maybe that's what <laughs> yeah, you're in a different Aww. season of your life, bro. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm a journey. different season of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gold star season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, the storm is next. Just you know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> just uh-huh. Yeah. No, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah. I mean, in the spectrum of gold star games, I think that there are other games that have hit a lot harder. Absolutely. And, and that's um, what game of the year is for. That's when we impact. fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we should okay. have well, just a category. I guess it's best game, right? But that's just exclusively gold stars fighting. 
Oh, oh boy. It's that's probably what like actual game of the year will turn into, let's be honest. Isn't that what mm-hmm. our last game of the year turned into? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it is every year? Mm-hmm. So I, I want to like grab the baton from Raphael, I guess. I, was I know Raphael's supposed pass it to you pass. anyway. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, because this perfectly plays into, I think, my own feelings about the game. Because um, I, I did find Journey to be a wonderful, evocative experience. I love how blissfully minimalist it is. Uh, just in terms of its story, the music, like even just down to like, I, I just want to give a shout out to like the sound design I thought was really cool. Like there's a part when you're going up the snowy mountains and you're hiding behind what seemed to be like wreckage of past drone birds or something. And there are the, these wings with like a hole on the end that you have to hide behind. But as you press up against it, you hear what is clearly somebody like blowing into like the top of like a glass bottle as like the sound effect that they do for that. Um, and I think that's just so cool that like I could pinpoint that out and everything. But um, mm-hmm. like I said, just blissfully minimalist. It, Like everyone else said, it didn't overstay its welcome. In fact, I, I played this game literally the night after our last podcast. I was like, eh, I'll sit down and knock out a couple hours out of this, unaware that it was only going to be a two-hour experience. But like, I just sat down, I played through it, the game ended, and I was just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Um, I went downstairs, and Brandon's just like, oh, well, how much are we going to have to grind for this weekend for the podcast? And I'm like, oh, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm going to be playing Mass Effect all weekend, so, you know, buckle <laughs> in. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I, I think for me, like, what I like to rank gold stars are games that, you know, that, that do kind of get me thinking well past me being able to play it. I, I, like, research stuff. I'm, like, you know elbows deep in like the lore of the game you've got your board out with the exactly i've got my yarn board or like you know it's just games that honestly just emotionally affect me in some ways and this game i honestly after i played it on tuesday night i didn't really think about it until honestly when i was just writing notes for the podcast tonight that was the first time i had thought about it all week but i don't think that's a bad thing I think I just like I think that just underscores how how just what a beautiful one-off experience it can be for some people. Will I come back and play it? Yeah, probably. Like if like I said, if I'm feeling like really particularly stressed, this is going to be like my meditative game to go to. Like if I feel like I just need to like play something but I don't want to the, the no thinky games. <laughs> That's what this game's going to be for me. Um so I think I'm going to I'm going to settle with a two thumbs up I think cuz it is a very beautiful experience. It is so simplistic. I will probably recommend it to anybody and everyone of all gaming abilities to just play the game. Um but I think that's just where it settles and it remains and I'm thankful for that. Nice. And now I'll lightly pass over the baton to McCoy to close us out. Fuck, I dropped it. <laughs> I rolled under <laughs> my desk. It. Fuck, like... <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Batons are so easy to roll. Anyway, it's not important. Um, all right. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. I'm just thinking about what everyone has said and stuff like that. I guess I mean I'm I'm just gonna take it in my own angle, I guess. But yeah, it's um, you know, I really really enjoyed this game. I I think this game is it's a little bit later in the era of games. It's maybe not be the heyday of when this idea was crystallizing for me, but I remember you know, having a PlayStation 3 specifically, you know, which was like, I think $600 at the time, which was like very expensive at the time and is still very expensive now. Um, and because the original PlayStation 3 had a PlayStation 2 just like bolted to the back of it. So it had backwards compatibility. Like they put a PlayStation 2 processor in the early PlayStation 3s and that's why they're way more valuable than the later PlayStation 3s where they took that out to reduce costs. But the point is like, I bought this expensive fucking console with all my fucking money and everyone was always just like, yeah, so what games do you have, bro? And I was like, why you gotta hurt me like this? Um, and I had all sorts of demos of like, mo like Motor Storm and fucking all sorts of weird shit. And I played Flower. And there was like the PlayStation Store was like one of the few things that Sony had where it was like they were doing these like indie games on console. And Microsoft had nothing like this. Microsoft had some like weird like, have you heard of Bejeweled again? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was just like I was so proud of like the artsiness and the beauty and the simplicity and the elegance of some of these downloadable games, which is the first time I had experienced in a console and at, at any time a downloadable game that was so easy to buy and play in a Steam style way that is like how we uh, digest most of our games. And so I just like, this is one of those games that was in that era. And at that era, I was having a lot of conversations with my friends that basically went like this. Yeah, that PlayStation Store game is cool, but I don't know if I want to pay $15 for that. And I think about this experience being very short, right? Two, two hours. And I think this is like the perfect example of like, it was worth far more than $15. And I would happily spend $15 to pay and give gratitude and support something like this. Like, I'm so thankful that something like this got made. And I'm so thankful that like, because like, you know, for instance, we could have like group played through this, but I'm like, happy i guess that we all supported this i don't really give a fuck i'm happy that at least i supported it is what i'm trying to say like i didn't just watch someone else's copy and be like yeah, that was a cool game and i'm really glad all those guys get fucked um because i i got this shit for free because i watched it off a stream bro but like the, i'm thankful that i supported this game and i think it was far more value than its 15 dollars price tag even though it was short and in fact its shortness is uh as we've talked about a huge value and a strength of it so i just would think about that a lot like just in the sense of like, it would be so easy to miss this game or skip this game. And it does have a hefty price tag for what it is told to be, especially if you think it is just like, kind of like what a pretty game or whatever. And it was like cool on PlayStation 3 or some shit. Like I can see all that. But uh, for me, no, like this is exactly, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. I, I, I couldn't really ask it to be anything more. And I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. It was delightful to the eyes. It was delightful to the ears. It was fun to play. It was mysterious and mystical in the way that it explained all of its mechanics through basically no explanation other than flashing for me a controller on the screen to show you which button you should press. Um, yeah, I guess we really didn't really talk about like what we played this on. It looks, it works great on controller. I'm sure. I hope it works great on other shit too. But um, yeah, like it just. Um, it just, this is this is what they wanted to make for Flower, or this is what they maybe came to that they wanted to make after Flower, and I just I fucking love that. I'm so glad they got to this vision. It is so, 
so powerful. And the fact that it didn't like become lame over time, the fact that it didn't like feel cheapened in any way for me to have played this now, I just think it, to me, it's it stands the test of time and it stands many more tests. So yeah, for me, like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mix up my feelings about a game like this. To me, it is a gold star for me and for my experience. I'm not to say that it is for other people's experience, but it just is. It's undoubtedly that for me, and I can see why people have, in some way, shape, or form, I've seen people literally say this is one of their favorite games of all time or the best games of all time. And you think like, how could something so simplistic be that? But it's just like the minimalist and the simplistic nature of it is to point at the human narrative, is to point and evoke those sorts of feelings. It is to get everything else out of the way so that you can feel the the way this song resonates in your soul, the way the game resonates in your soul. And I definitely feel like it resonated for me and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So gold star for me and I think I will go on with my journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And what a beautiful journey indeed. Next week, we're going to play Stubbs the Zombie. Like, That's the way. No. no, it's not it. What are you going to play next week? I feel like it's another little artsy game, right? A little artsy game? Yeah, like a short, is right? Mm -hmm. I don't actually know what it yeah, is. But next week will be oh, a... a good little artsy game. <laughs> I meant <laughs> little... He ran his little artsy legs no. over here, didn't he? No, I meant little as in like sh brief, like short. Like you aren't playing a 12-hour behemoth artsy game. You're playing mm -hmm. a we're playing little... We're playing Unravel. There we go. Another soundtrack game, eh? Yeah, I mean... Unravel is a soundtrack I have listened to a lot. Oh, hey, Lena, do you want to get baited into next week's nope. podcast, too? Nope. <laughs> Fuck you, people. I'm out of here. What if it? What if you cry after the end of it? If I cry at the end, I'll be here. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. No one was expecting that. I wasn't expect. No one was expecting me to cry. And if it happens again, I'll be back. But I don't, I don't anticipate that. Oh, I can't wait to start next week's episode. Like, just right off the bat after the collapsing. It's like, so we have Elena back. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and just, like, quietly sobbing. Like, I didn't want to be here. Show us on the timeline of this game where you cried. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, um... Yeah, man. I, I feel like, for what it's worth, this game has pointed, at least to me, at some of the things that I feel like I look back on in my own life and that I'm, like, proud of and struggles I've had and different points in life I've been and different feelings I've had. But see, like, even though we played it together, that's a really different reading than I had. Like, I sure. think that these that these types of games, like, are kind of where our most – we should look back and, like, do a study. I feel like – these types of games where we get our most diverse ratings mm -hmm. for a lot of because it's all about how it hits you mm -hmm. and where it how like I think that these games are just really about like your interpretation and the way that you just whatever yeah goes into That's it. You're saying. you're saying other people don't have life experiences. I totally get that. No, I'm um, not McCoy. I'm just not kidding. Saying I'm so that. kidding. You guys. I'm of just course. saying that even though you and I both had the same playthrough mm -hmm. and both rated it very highly we had really different interpretations yeah. experiences of what it meant to us and so like i think that these types of games just really run the gamut in terms of how people how they hit people i yeah. mean i think listening to that i can actually kind of guess why it didn't hit me and it's just a matter of like how i view life is very different from the way they're they're trying to evoke with this game mm -hmm. so it doesn't like it doesn't come across to me because i it just doesn't fit within the way that i choose to see things is it like a 
Mm -hmm. We don't have to dive so deep, but I'm just curious, is it the spiritual element question mark? I, I think that's a component of it, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's just... Uh, I'm, so I'm more of a subscriber to, like, the, the nature is metal type. <laughs> 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 <You're online. laughs> and uh, this is not that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. The, the spiritual element to this game, I think, is definitely one of the things that it hinges on, for sure. Um, and sort of how there's, like, um, spirituality is often confused. Well, it's often inter woven with and inseparable from even a particular religion sometimes depending on what culture you're in right but like it, this is one that's like it's a story that you see all over the place in all sorts of different religions and all sorts of different backstories and so whether or not you identify with that i feel like does have a lot to do with with how common and familiar this story sounds mm -hmm. um that's fair. So cool. Um, you guys want to play Valorant or no? <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, all right. Goodbye, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have... say it's familiarity. It's more like I have an aversion to this. That's fair too. This way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, should I do one more? Let's have an aversion <laughs> to continuing this podcast. <laughs> oh, the worst. oh, I think I just got schooled. Yeah. Speaking of school, no, 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 no more transitions. Let's end it. Just hit Let's the end Speaking it. Of school. You want to play Valorant? No. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of school, I'm gonna take you to school. And you know what's so great, you guys? I edit this podcast, and this shit is not staying. <laughs> Well, I flubbed at the end, man. I ain't leaving that shit in. I, I listen. I don't edit any of my flubs in the middle, but on the end, I'll give, I'll throw a gimme my way every once in a while. On the beginning too. Listen, man, you do what you can, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Raphael's already out. He's like, if he's not gonna keep this in anyways, we're done here. Mm -hmm.